12.30 on a Thursday, welcome, I call it Superstar Thursdays, and you are and you are officially tuned in to Unplugged and In Charge, thank you very much for tuning in, my name is Lesoko Mapanga, I usually fly with a, with, with a couple of guys in my squad, some of them you might call uh, Simpio Petros, the other wizard, that guy, no one has that voice, and obviously... He used to be Vaughn the Poet, we're not calling him Vaughn the Everything, but the guys aren't in here today actually, and the reason why is because they are taking on the world. Um, I'm just going to pretty much break it down for you guys in terms of what's been happening in like the past 24 hours. I think it's probably been one of the most hectic weeks in a long time in the world generally. Um, from cop, sh- from cop shootings to, um, universities pretty much changing policies to, um, Zimbabwe going through a whole lot of drama and the shutdown. But out of all of that, we have what we call the Young Leader Seminar. Now, if you guys don't know about that, it's something that we do in Unplugged and in Charge every single year around springtime this year. It's happening a bit early. It's on the 22nd of July. And we'll be having 500 young people in one auditorium at the University of Pretoria. And we're going to be talking all things leadership in 2016. So, I mean, this year, like I said, it's happening on the 22nd of July. And the guys, um, where's the... Simpiwe, as well as, um, as well as the, the other unplugged and in charge group. They're all out in, in the north district of Pretoria and they're talking to, I, I just, yeah, I can't even fathom this. In one day, right? This is what's happening today. In one day, these guys are going to go through eight schools in Pretoria alone. And in those eight schools, they're going to be talking to 10,000 young people in Pretoria. We, we, we essentially gone gold. You know what I mean? Uh, if these were record sales and we're talking to people and spreading the message, we'd essentially gone gold, but we're speaking to 10,000 young people in one day today. And that's where the guys are. They started, I was getting WhatsApps this morning. I mean, I know they started from about 6.30, um, uh, pretty much just setting up at the first school. They're probably on the third school now and they will be done probably around 6 p.m. tonight. And um, it's, it's it's really all in the spirit of leadership. It's really all in the spirit of changing the demographic, changing the world, changing the mindset in terms of how we see South Africa and where it's going. And pretty much just having young people taking charge of their own life. I think it's a beautiful thing. Um, and it's gonna, it's just going to be more and more intense from now until the 22nd of July. So if you guys want, um, uh, if you guys want a couple of details about what's happening in the Young Leader Seminar, we're going to be having what we call this year as the as the celebrity edition of Unplugged and in Charge. So if you're there last year, you would know that um, it was pretty much just the Unplugged and in Charge crew talking about our journey through academics and through corporate and how we had to pretty much fight and go through all sorts of drama just to get to where we are. And this time we thought, you know what? We've, we've told our stories. Um, we'll probably write a book about it, but let's share the love a little bit. So this year, um, we've, we've invited a couple of celebrities um, to pretty much come through and speak about their journey and exactly how they see um, the youth taking over uh, South Africa in 2016. So there'll be a, a panel discussion with a couple of celebrities and there'll be a couple of surprise acts that we, we decided not to, not to announce. So I'm, I mean, if you're coming through, you'll, 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 you'll be one of the very few people to really interact, uh, what I like to call an intimate space with people that you've always wanted to ask questions to, you know? Like, I want you to just really think about that. Like, if you, if you had a choice, just sit down with these guys in one room with any celebrity, really, in one room and have carte blanche in terms of what you wanted to ask them. That is exactly the type of vibe that we want to have at the, at the Museum, the University of Pretoria. So, um, and, and obviously, Weza will be there. Um, I will be there. Vaughn will be there. Some people will be there. The usual suspects. And then we'll have Ayanda MVP from YFM. The reason why we brought her, she's pretty much the new girl on the block. And, um, she's also from the University of Pretoria. And uh, she, she's done pretty well for herself, you know. Anyone can tell you that juggling entertainment and academics at the same time is really no, it's, 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 it's no child's play. And then obviously we have, um, we have, we have Gareth coming through. Last year he was supposed to come through, but he couldn't because he had the TED talk to go to. So, so this year I think uh, we locked him down nice and early, which is, which is really cool. We locked him down nice and early so he can come through and, and, and pretty much, pretty much go, 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 go pay forward where it all started. For those of you who don't know, Gareth went to the University of Pretoria. So it's going to be very much a UP tux affair. Um, and then, and then obviously after that, we have a couple of more surprise acts coming. 
I can tell you this much. There will be another three super celebrities coming through to Unplugged um, and in charge young leader seminar. There'll be another three, but we're going to announce them um, as the days go by. I think that the next announcements will happen, will happen um, on Friday. And um, this is someone who we've done work with before. And uh, if you've been following the Unplugged and in Charge camp, I think you might be able to to you might be able to tell who that person is. But yeah, that really doesn't matter right now. What does matter is that we want you guys to go into Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and search for the hashtag YLS2016. So that's Young Leader Seminar 2016. If you go there, if you go there and you and you if you go there and you and you search for that hashtag, and you pretty much just join the movement, man. Join the movement. Um, help us, you know, create the hype because all for a good cause. It's about time that we started flooding Black Twitter with some nice things and no spice. And speaking of nice things, um, today really isn't about me. You know, speaking about nice things, when people are struggling to find jobs, when people are struggling with exams, and uh, I know some of you are struggling with supplementaries, I'm sitting with a man who's done it all. He wore his cap and his cape, looking all kinds of Superman. And he's a man that uh, his teacher said, listen, you're either going to be president or you're going to be in prison. And uh, I don't know about you, but the way I see it, uh, he's he's pretty much on the right track in terms of in terms of reaching that presidency seat, which means that he and I are pretty much going to need to going to need to campaign against each other or maybe together. I don't know. It might be just a coalition government. But let me stop talking. What's up, Vaughn? I'm good, my brother. Thank you for that. <laughs> That's dope, man. Life's been crazy at the moment, bro. I've been, oh, I've been all over the place, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. So I'm, I'm sorry I came in late, but uh, a man's on the road, bro. You know what? I actually don't mind people coming in late. For me, it's, it's yeah. one of those things. And I was saying to, to, to the team the other day, yeah. we had like a meeting from like seven until like one in the morning. And I was like, no, guys, um, because this is the thing when you have a crew of superstar leaders, right? Yeah. You have people literally all over the city, all over the town doing great things. And for me, it's a cool thing when you wake up in the morning and Vaughn is like, yo, guys, listen. I can't come to studio today. And you're like, why? Because it's graduation. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. It was, it was dope, man. Graduated. Got that one out the way. It was, nice. Yeah, it was a nice experience, man. I did think everyone's got to experience that at one point in their lives. Did, did you make your mom proud? Yeah, yeah. She's proud, bro. She's, she, I mean, she's as proud I'm not in prison. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we still got to turn up, though, uh, yeah. uh, and celebrate that properly. But, I mean, even bro. with academics, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm also st- stuck between a rock and a hard place, whether I want to go further, you know, you know, master's, PhD and That's all that. That's how I feel, too, man. Like, but I feel like eventually I might just uh, do something. I, I might not be in the same field. But yeah. I'll, I'll just study something different, you know, yeah. you learn a different skill or, or, or something, you know. So I think it's good to continue learning, whether it's a, a formal education or it's just a practical experience or whatever the case is. You've got to keep learning. Um, but it's always nice to have like a, a you know, like a, a couple of degrees behind your name. Yeah. I think it's just, it's just, it's just a, it's a nice statement to make. Like I can start and finish something, you know. It's something nice to fall back on. But like, you know, the one thing that I've been de- debating with a lot of guys, um, especially in, in, um, especially at, at, at work is really the question of how far should you study? Because I know a couple of mates. I got, I got a mate who has a, I got a mate who, who, I got a mate who has, um, an engineering degree and another mate who has an accounting degree and they can't find jobs. It's crazy, bro. And I keep telling guys, like, guys, you know, it's time to broaden your, your horizon. You know, you can't study the same field yeah. right up until, PhD it doesn't even make sense anymore because you, you you're almost like over specialized. Yeah, I- exactly. I was about to say sometimes you, you work yourself into a position where you're unemployable just because of the amount of um, degrees you have. Yeah, like it's almost like people people run away because now they think, oh, what do we got to pay these people? You know, yeah. like, what do I got to pay this guy who's got a, who's got like two PhDs? And um, yeah, you, you it's it's so it's so ironic, right? You work so hard to get so qualified, but you struggle even worse to find a to find a job, which is yeah, it's it's unfortunate. And and you know what? Um, I mean, Vaughn has a very good point because I mean, you know, Vaughn has these fancy degrees now. I don't know how we're going to pay Vaughn for Young Leader Seminar just to give us a little ten minutes um, sharing of his life story and what he's done. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's a good thing it's for charity, you know. We don't have to pay him. The uh, easy, bro. I think we got to pay the other guys more, dog. I'm still trying. <laughs> but I think I think it's, it's it's really a beautiful thing. And and Wizard was saying it's that dope. a victory for one person is a victory for everyone. Yeah, absolutely, man. If you're moving as a unit, you know, there's yeah. no there's no real individuality in, in a team. So it's it's cool that it's cool that we uh, we're all on different paths, but we're all trying our best. And as long as uh, as long as we're trying our best, I think uh, I think you know we can't go wrong. 
I couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. But I mean, a lot of things have been happening with you. I mean, you you graduated, then you quit your job. I think you're officially done now, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm done now, bro. I actually, st- uh, I actually, my last, pretty much my last day was last week, which was crazy. And then I went down to Durban. Bro. I was in Durban this last week. Yeah, Durban, July. We were booked down there with Shane, so we were down there. Uh, and tomorrow, out to Cape Town, bro. Flying Oof. out to Cape Town back on Saturday. We might Oof. have PLK on Saturday night. So we're everywhere, bro. We're nice. everywhere. Yeah, nice. yeah, it's crazy. We, bu- we busy building, man. Young dudes, you know, trying to start a business. It's crazy. It's, it's, um, it's a lot of learning curves. It's a lot of mishaps, but we, we keep going, bro. And I think for everybody that wants to just pretty much keep in, 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 in touch with Vaughn, yeah. I think it's just Vaughn Thiel on Snapchat, right? Uh, yeah, Vaughn Thiel, but on Snapchat, it's Vaughn the Poet, though. Yeah, Vaughn the poet, yeah, yeah, the handle, the yeah, handle, yeah, and then yeah, everyone yeah. else is Vaughn the everything. Vaughn the everything. Vaughn V underscore the everything. It used to be Vaughn the poet, and then Vaughn <laughs> was like, you know what? Psst, nah, nah, I, I can do everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out that, bro. I mean, I've been doing like I've been doing a lot of different things, so I just figured, ah, you know, let me play around. You know, never know. Next week might be something else. Hello, what's up? <laughs> Constantly evolving, yeah, but yeah, I think man. it's it's a very important. So um um, I've got a couple of guests lined up for today, right? And shout it's, out. it's a couple of people that have um. They have varying degrees, um, in terms of what they did academically and all that. And, and for me, it's, 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 it's that thing. It's, it's the new, it's what I like to call the, the millennial crisis where back in the, in, you know, back in the day, inverted commas, um, you, you almost struggled to, to find what you wanted to do because, um, there weren't opportunities. Yeah. And, and fast forward just like 10, I mean, people say 20 years, but honestly, if you fast forward just 10 years, all of a sudden now you're a young person. Your your you know you've worked hard in matric you got all these distinctions and now all of a sudden you are inundated with options you know you can literally study anything you want you can literally become anything you want pretty much and when you set up with those type of um, options then what do you do because I mean I look at you Vaughn and you're pretty much doing everything you know yeah bro it's, and I'm trying to, I'm learning some more things though like um. I'm pushing myself in the music space. I want to learn about a little bit about, uh, you know, what goes on behind the scenes with regards to production and just, you know, uh, developing sounds and, and, and that type of thing. So I'm going to be like, you know, slowly but surely learning from the dudes that know how to do that really well that I'm around. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, man, I'm going to start uh, working on a couple other things, bro. I want to work on a bit of DJing, you know, work, yeah. work it up, man. So I think like the, the thing is like it is hard to find a, a path, but I think when you when you uh, when you're a young dude, when you're a young dude, you know, especially in your twenties and you've, you know, you're doing the right things. Like, you know, I got, I went and I studied, you know, I got my stuff done. I, I'm, I'm working, you know, full time and I, I'm doing what I got to do. Um, but at the same time, I'm, I'm, I'm testing myself in other areas. Like, mm-hmm. I think, I think we should all do that. You know, we should all just find an outlet or two that you can test yourself in and learn something different. I feel like it enhances the quality of your life and it also, it can add to the pressure and it can add to the stress and whatnot, but it definitely enhances the quality of your life when you continue to learn. So uh, that's sort of the approach I take. And eventually, you know, you get to the point where you iron out the things that you're not enjoying as much and you, you end up sticking to one or two different things that you, you enjoy, you know. Um, oh, sorry. So even with me, I, th- I think now I'm definitely stuck between a, a, a rock and a hard place because yeah. it's the question of, I, I really think that me being an engineer is really like too specialized actually, to be honest. Oh, really? Yeah. And it's like, and, I keep telling people I've never had to refer to a single textbook for anything I've ever done in the workplace. So it's almost like yeah. you're just doing it, you know, <laughs> just to make your parents proud. It's just one of those, yeah. those, those dynamics. And now yeah. it's like, it's, it's almost like, you know, do you go out and do your own thing? Cause my, my, my question to you, Vaughn, is that if you want to be an entrepreneur, do you, how important is being a specialist or having that, um, degree? Or having that degree that says that um, I'm a CA or whatever. Because you, yeah. you clearly don't need to be a CA to be an entrepreneur. You clearly don't need to be an attorney to be an entrepreneur. And and we know that majority of young people nowadays do want to go that stream. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, look, your degree doesn't necessarily give you the title of, of an entrepreneur. And it's actually, nothing really does besides um, besides your, your guts and your ideas, you know. That really makes you an entrepreneur. If you have a degree, it doesn't necessarily solidify you as a better entrepreneur than another person. If you don't have one, it doesn't make you better than the person that does have one. You know, entrepreneurial spirit and entrepreneurial talent is something that you 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 it lives independently from from both having a degree yeah. or not having one. You know, but what I do think is um, when you study something, you do learn. You, you know, you you're given some sort of base base knowledge. You know, which which does assist you in uh, reaching other levels. Uh, mm. uh, you know, just off the, off the top of my head, I can think of 
learning the base levels of marketing in a textbook, which I've never ever used, still um, gave me some sort of a platform to to um, to propel myself from. Even though, even though I, I never really used it in my life, it still gave me a place to uh, sort of gave me context to start from you know whereas if I just walked out of school it would have probably been a little bit less um, so I do think it plays a, a slight role but I don't think it's a necessity at all I think I mean it's been proven over the years bro that some of the best entrepreneurs in the world have never been educated so it's, yeah. it's really just about your 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 guts your 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 appetite for risk um, yeah. and your your ideas man and your ability to execute and I think that's a beautiful thing. And um, I know some of you will will, will remember when we were on um, when Aria Kalman's show, and and everybody was literally just leaving their jobs left, right, and center. Started with Simpure, and then it was Vaughn, and now it's Spore. And uh, you know, the joke was very soon we'll be called unemployed and in charge. And maybe that's not a bad thing because we said we want to be employed anyway, right? Yeah, I mean, as long as you're in charge. <laughs> <laughs> Levels. So um, that was okay. That's Vaughn Thiel, and obviously he'll be here throughout the show. Um, He's a creative. He's he's won the everything. I don't want to list his name. Shout but out. I, <laughs> shout out. But another man that I have here today, and I call him to come through, is because this is a man who's probably in an industry that I, I could have easily, um, literally was a split-second decision that, 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 that I decided not to go that route. But speaking of specialization, obviously, um, we know that the CA is one of these engineers, but there's also guys who are studying law. And I have, I have, I have, I have a, a man by the name of Tam Sang. Uh, did I mess it up? <laughs> it's Tom. It's Tom. What? Tom Sag. There we go. Okay. Cool. So, h- how are you, Tommy? Good, man. And you? Hundred percent. So, Tommy, as you know, what, I, I I know that you studied law, right? Yeah. But I'm not quite sure what you are. I want to say you're an attorney. Am I right? No, you're not. You see, I keep getting it wrong. <laughs> Yeah. And, and I don't know whether, cause like with this, with these law things, you have this and then you need to pass this bar exam yeah. and then you must go jump over a hoop and then you must yeah. go wrestle with alligators and then all of a sudden you can be like, um, Judge Masipa. It's, uh, it's a long road, man. There's a, we have a dual system, um, in South Africa where you can either be an attorney or you can be an advocate. So, um, basically, uh, what an attorney is is the guys that do the, the, the the groundwork of all the work. So like the, we the guys that negotiate the deals and try yeah. to make sure that stuff don't end up to court, but things don't always uh, end amicably. So like um, you will find that sometimes you do have to go to court. And so what we have as well is what we call advocates. So those are the guys that specialize in court uh, process. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the guys that you generally see on TV with like the guns and the yeah, right. and stuff like that. So those are the guys. Um, so, so my question very simple is, are you a Harvey Specter? Yes or no? Well, I'd like to think so. <laughs> yeah. So, but basically what I'm doing at the moment is we have, before you become an attorney, you have to do, uh, what we call articles, which is yeah. similar to what like the accountants the, do and stuff like that. With but their board exams. Precisely. But yeah. ours is two years. So you work for two years and mm-hmm. you attend class within that two years as well. And you have to get, so like for instance, you can't be away from like work for, more than 30 days in one calendar year and stuff like that. So there's a lot of rules that you have to comply with and you must have a principal, a person that basically makes sure that you work uh, consistently within the two years and then you have to write exams. So we have got four exams that we have to write within the two years. Okay, so I already have a headache. Um, and <laughs> yeah. I and already now I'm thinking back to my life. I'm like, well done, Lissach, you made the right choice. No, bruh, it's actually a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, like It's like at work when people say we have exciting work for you. It's not exciting, it's just difficult. Uh, depends. Like some people, some people excitement means difficulty, you know, so. Okay, clearly I'm a pessimist. So, I mean, Vaughn and I, Tommy, we're talking about, um, in 2016, what is the value of specializing, right, mm. into one stream? Mm. So obviously, um, for me, example, um, it's either you go out and you do probably masters or something in engineering. I probably won't do that, but I might do <laughs> MBA in like business or something like yeah. that, right? Just to broaden my scope. Yeah. So here's my thing with a qualification like, like law, right? Mm. Where you need to go through so many board exams, et cetera, et cetera. Are you not wary that you might get to a point where you have all these qualifications, but obviously companies can't afford to, yeah. to employ you. And we know it's happening right now. Like I said, I got a mate who's an accountant and I got a, I got a mate who's an electrical engineer who can't find jobs, mm. you know, because literally it's crazy. They're almost saying like you're too smart to be employed. Yeah. It's a thing. Yeah. Even like in the legal profession, the market is very saturated. So like it's yeah. not easy. I know a lot of guys, um, that 
did their degrees and try to get into law, but they couldn't find articles because there's not enough space, there's not enough law firms to uh, to uh, employ the amount of graduates that come out. So it's with every profession that you, I don't think it's just uh, limited to law, and I think it's like with every other profession. It's there's a lot of we popping out graduates at a faster rate than we can be able to employ them. To so employ that's them, a yeah. Problem, yeah. So let me so so tell me in, in the in the legal um, fraternity, I'll call it. How is transformation there? Is it there? Is it very slow? Is it like typical corporate South Africa where it's on it's on paper, and you go to a company and you're looking for the CFO, and the CFO's name is Makret, <laughs> and you look for Makret, and Makret is the tea lady in yeah. the corner. Boy, this is, these are like very sensitive topics that you're touching in here. Like, Damn straight, it's Cliff Central. We don't care. <laughs> let's go for it. Let's go for it. Um, listen, like the legal profession is probably one of the most untransformed profession in South Africa. Mm. Um, yeah. It's still very white. Mm-hmm. And that's no secret. If you go to court, you'll see the guys that are, that have the guns and the fancy bags generally are white guys, you know, and, yeah. um, the directors in a lot of the law firms are white people and, with that said, like, I mean, transformation does not happen overnight, but with that said, I think, um, the legal profession specifically has kind of dragged its feet in terms of transforming. Wow. It's transforming itself, you know, like, um, yeah, like, you will find often than not in the lower tiers, it's much more transformed, but like, as soon as you get to like the more senior positions, yeah. it's not as transformed. Perhaps like that will happen over time because, I mean, there are not a lot of people who are allowed to, Work in corporate commercial law, lot people of color to work in profit, uh, corporate commercial law firms, mm. uh, before, you know, so it's that a lot of the senior black lawyers do not have the necessary skills, if mm. you may put it that way, because they were not trained, um, back then. But I think, I mean, over time, I, I, there's a lot, like I said, there's a lot of people, like a lot of young, uh, Legal professionals of color entering the market. So yeah. I think over time, you will see more, um, Transformation at the highest tier of of the legal profession, but right now it's not as transformed as you would as I would like to to have it. But uh, how be. long is that going to take? Because I mean, it's already been twenty years of democracy, right? And 100%. what frustrates me, what frustrates me about engineering is that engineering in South Africa it's a very white male, white Afrikaans male dominated. So is law. Know? So is law. Yeah. And I just, you know, me being Lesotho, I just like fight me, cock me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I just can't take it. So mm. that's probably that's the reason why I left my grocery company even. <laughs> You know, yeah, and that's yeah. why they brought me out because like I can't work in this type of company culture, and I mean I'll be escalated on a, on a, on a daily basis. But I mean, with that being said, you know, being a, a millennial in 2016, and you you're you're deep within this 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 law industry. This law thing, yeah, this law thing, man. How long? How to? How long? Typically, would it take a tummy to get to the upper tiers of yeah. of of a law of of a law company? Yeah. So like the way it's structured basically, so like there's, so you have like a candidate attorney, which is what I'm doing. And then you have an associate, which is what you become once you've qualified. And then you mm. have a senior associate and then you have a partner. Those, so those are the top dogs. Um, naturally it should take about seven years for you to progress into a partner, partner position because two years you do your candidate attorney. Then in your third year, you should roughly work for like two, three years to become a senior associate and you should work for like two, three years to become a partner from there onwards. So I think it should take you roughly about seven years. But things don't generally happen. Um, mm. It does not happen like that because one of the things that you must know is that like for you to become a partner, you must have like a solid client base that's going to feed you work, you know? So like as a junior, you don't really have to go poach client. We call it hunting and farming. So you don't have to like get clients. Mm. But like mm. as soon as you get senior, you have to... um have the necessary business connections to be able to have the guys that will give you work. But aren't you really like set up the wrong way? Because if I am, uh, Ronnie Ackerman, Ackerman's 100%, son, you know what I mean? I already have the client That's base. what I'm saying. That's what I was getting at as yeah. well. So like, I mean, a lot of us black kids do not necessarily come from privileged backgrounds, you know? So we're like, from Benoni, man. Hundreds. <laughs> There's no client base there. <laughs> um, so like, I mean, and you, you you don't really, uh, wine and dine with your, with with the top dogs, you know, so like you don't, you have to work extra hard mm. to get those business connections, and incidentally, that also means that for you to become a partner, if you aspiring to become one as a young lawyer, you have to work extra hard than Mike or Jamie, you know, to to be able to make it there because you won't have the same business connections that they have by virtue of being born. In a privileged uh, cl- uh, mm. class, you know, mm. so mm. yeah, mm. it's 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 a lot harder, man, to um, 
to, to, to make it in law as a black person. With that said, though, I still do feel like it's a lot harder to make it as a black person to any profession because mainly um, it's, it's very white and it's very male. So mm. yeah, naturally you will find it harder. But I do think that in law specifically, it tends to be a little bit harder. What do you think is the, what do you think is the, I don't know, this is just something I've been running through my mind. Uh, what do you think is the quickest trans, like the, which business sector do you think has transformed the quickest? Do you think there is such a thing? Because I, I, we always have yeah, conversations about yeah, which ones are yeah. slow. I'm just trying to think of which one is mm. actually the quickest. Which which one has actually succeeded at transforming at a fairly effective rate? I, mean, I feel like you're bringing out the cynic in me because I'm always looking <laughs> at the negative. <laughs> so I haven't really given that I, question. I, 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 I know. It's, it's, me too. It's the yeah. first time I've actually thought of it. And I'm sitting here 100%. thinking, geez, I'm always thinking of how bad it is. But I'm just, I'm just thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, football's changed. There you go. Well done. Well done. <laughs> Well done, Safa. <laughs> yeah, but cricket and rugby is lagging behind. Yeah, oh, that's, that's what I'm saying. I keep, I keep, I keep, I keep running into the situation where it's like, yo, man, like, when are we yeah. going to actually hit, mm. hit, hit this transformation thing, you know, at a, at a decent pace? Because yeah. it's something that has to happen fairly quickly. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to ask you, bro, is like, uh, you're a lawyer, right? So, yeah. you, so you, you, it's, a, it's an interesting profession. I was told to be a lawyer when I was when I was younger <laughs> because I like to argue, and then I realized like. I also don't like reading a lot of textbooks, so I'm gonna chill. <laughs> I'm gonna just stick to the arguing. Good decision. <laughs> but uh, I respect I respect lawyers because um, you guys go through quite a lot to get to where you are. And it's it's a fairly yeah. it's a fairly just, like strenuous road, you know. Definitely. So, um, but you know what I what I'm interested in understanding though is just more on the personal side of you. So, mm-hmm. you know, law is a huge part of your life, obviously, because it's your profession, it's your qualification, yeah. it's what you're dedicated to. But, you know, um, which side of you, which side of you, um, and is there a side of you that's almost, um in a way clashes with the profession you've, you've taken or do you feel that it completely suits you uh, 100% or do you yeah. sometimes kind of have to convince yourself and say, you know what, actually this, this is what I've chosen to do because it will give me a life or mm. is it something that you're completely you know, comfortable, comfortable doing? Because I know law can become a very tricky place to operate yeah. in because yeah. there's times where perhaps you need to defend something, maybe you, you employ to defend something mm. as, a, mm. as an attorney mm. which you don't really believe in but it's, it's paying you. Yeah. you know, it, there's, I th- I'm sure there's a few moral dilemmas that can come Definitely. up. Do Definitely. you ever experience it? Yeah, bro, like um, inevitably, especially when you're still young, you know, you're still try- and you're trying to... Um, um, Build yourself. You yeah. will a lot of the time. You have to take work that you not necessarily r- relate to, or you want to take. You know, yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, in order for you to prove yourself. So, like I always say, like in order to get the work that you want to do, you have to do the work that you don't, don't want to do. do. You know, so that's up, the only yeah. way you'll be able to prove yeah. yourself. And then over time, yeah. um, you'll get to do the stuff that you actually like. So, yeah, man. Like um, I have been conflicted a couple of times. I'm sure. like, actually, I'm not sure. But sure. like, with that said, I always maintain like. That would propel me to be in a position where I want to be, where I'll be able yeah. to actually take work that I want to take, you know. So that's a great, that's a great, that's a great approach. Yeah. The other, the other thing was, um, like, I'm, I'm friends with quite a few people that studied law specifically at Wits, and I know Wits is a very politically inclined institution. Yeah. Very politically aware. Um, oh, did you study at Wits by any chance? No, I went to UCT. UCT. Oh, Hello. Oh, schnell. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, so, 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 yeah. So, and and a lot of my friends back then, I, I can. I can gradually see the change in their approach to you know transformation and yeah. and, and and those type of things because I think when you study law you you then realize how bad South Africa was yeah. how 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 being racist was part of law like yeah. how <laughs> definitely you, you like, know you, you read books and I'm sure you get like angry you know yeah. and, you, and you start feeling upset the one thing that you must you must you must understand with apartheid and everything that happened in South Africa that's bad it was all it was all like premise it was all driven by law yeah without the laws. It would not have been easier, you know what I'm saying? So like, Absolutely. they 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 had a lot of laws that they enacted at the time to specifically yeah. uh, reproduce the, the the racial inequalities that exist today, like the Land Act and, 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 and all those, those things. things. Yeah, yeah. With that said, though, equally, like with the transformation and the new South Africa, we've used law, and that's an interesting uh, parallel as well. They've used law with the constitution and everything to reverse the. The injustice of the past. So basically, they call it they call it the constitution like the bridge to the future. Yes, yes. And that's also in law. So like, as much as it was used to be, to, as much as the law was used to oppress people at that time, it is free. used right now to free people and actually mm. uh, equalize the, the positions uh, right now. So Absolutely. yeah, it's it's crazy, man. So just before we go to a break, I just want, I just want to sort of close with that because I think we're on the on the topic now. Mm. Sorry, man. It's just that um. It's, it's it's interesting because like like I said to you like I you know I watch guys who studied law and I and I can see it because 
it, it's almost like you you relive what yeah. what what existed because you study it so much and you get so in touch with it that it can make you feel some type of way, you know. Yeah. And and it makes me feel some type of way when I have the conversations with with my friends that studied law because it, it makes me realize because sometimes you you but ignorant to how detrimental or how bad it was, you know, within law. And yeah. then it makes me question like, you know, perhaps perhaps us young people should, you know, when you get the opportunity or however you decide to go in your career, maybe you go politically, maybe whatever you do. Yeah. But there should be a way we could alter certain laws to enforce things like um transformation, to 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 enforce things like reformation, you know, yeah. in, in, to to a degree where it's still where it's still where we still uphold some sort of stable economy, some sort yeah. of stable, you know, climate mm. politically but we can we can work towards a common goal because yeah. like you're saying like everything's predominantly white and male mm. uh, you know uh, how do we how do we actually change it because even me myself as a such as a white male i'm not happy with that either i don't yeah. find that fair i don't yeah. find it like the place that i want to live in so are there ways um you know maybe i don't know i don't know how it works in, in your industry but yeah. how young people can come together and you know perhaps there's ways we could alter these mm. these ways of 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 living shot and uh, we'll pretty much leave it there. I want you to just simmer on that because uh, we do need to pay a couple of bills. And then when we come back, obviously we're talking about race now, right? We're talking about sexism. Exactly, how hard is it? Because we know it's tough for 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 Tommy being a black guy to move up the ranks. Shut up. But how much tougher is it to be a let's call it feisty yeah. um, young uh, female to move up the corporate ranks? And uh, we'll we'll have a conversation around that. So we'll be um, we'll be back shortly, right after. This is CliffCentral.com I am a South African I carry the hopes and dreams of my country and the generations to come I know that it's not where I come from but where I'm going to that really matters At Sibanye, we believe the future of our country will be defined by our actions today which is why we are committed to the development of our leaders Sibanye, we are one Visit us on sibanyegold.co.za. Unreal. Uncensored. Unradio. Clipcentral.com. And we're back halfway through the show and, uh, we've been talking all things legal, all things political, all things unfair in South Africa in 2016. Hey. Um, and you know, long story short is what a time to be alive. And when we're here with, um, Tommy, what do I call you? What are you? Are you a lawyer, advocate? What are you? What are you? I'm boss, bro. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> We're talking to the boss. Um, and he's pretty much just explaining how things work uh, in the legal fraternity because it's something that we never really touch on because it's such a close knit community. Yeah. It's crazy. It's like the same thing with like CAs. Like you never really go to PwC and really like yeah. find out how you know dudes are working up to become partners or whatever. But I mean, that's a that's that's a show that will be happening next week. But for now, though. Um, I've got I've got a couple of ladies in 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 studio just to pretty much balance out the 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 testosterone. The, the testosterone <laughs> yes, I wanted to say the 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 what do I call it? The aesthetic appeal is what I wanted to call it. But you know, um, testosterone and estrogen is fine, whichever way you want to put it. You're saying we're uh, ugly, bro. Yeah, we're pretty. They <laughs> <laughs> speak for yourself. <laughs> I've got two ladies here. Um, first one is Dudu. How you Dudu? I'm good in you. 100%. And then I have Tejo. How are you, Tejo? I'm good, thank you. Tejo, uh, how are you? I couldn't hear you there. I'm good, thank there you. There we go. That's the <laughs> Tejo I know. Um, so guys, like I said, uh, we're pretty much talking transformation in, 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 in the workplace, uh, and in industry. But I mean, it obviously goes a lot deeper than that, right? Yeah. We know that, um, from, from Jesse Williams' speech, we know that the toughest thing to be in the world is a young black woman. Mm. We know that. Absolutely. So, so I just want to know from you guys, I mean, just quick, um, just, 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 Pretty much, I just want you guys to pretty much, like I said, it's Cliff Central, so pretty much, it's very much uncensored. I want to know from you guys, being in corporate, I mean, you guys have been there for like over a year now. What are some of the frustrations that you've seen or some of the, the to be quite frank, some of the bullshit that you've seen that you really don't, aren't happy about when it comes to corporate South Africa? We'll start with, hmm, let's start with Dude because she's smiling a lot. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, so... um. Currently, I guess the the biggest problems we are facing as women is firstly, we don't feel heard, which is helpful. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to fix your mic so you can Thank be you. heard. Thank you. Yes, guys. You We're need all to about transformation on Cliff Central. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, on Monday, was it Monday? 
we had a meeting with one of our execs and she made a very strong statement saying, as a woman, you wake up and you go to work and you basically work twice as hard to mm. win. But as a man, you wake up and you've already won. Mm, true. So it's, it's a constant battle. In meeting rooms when you say something and somebody repeats it as a man yeah. and it goes from just an opinion to an action item and you're like, but guys, That's I just, I just said, said that. I just said that. So it is very frustrating. Um, but you just have to push. So, sorry, man, just before you jump in, Go I felt it. like we had to say the same thing. Maybe you're going to say the same thing. Um, <laughs> you, 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 you know what I've, I've noticed, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's something that it was actually brought to my attention by by one of my mates. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also a creative. He's like a copywriter, a very interesting guy. Yeah. Um, dreads, you know, like dope. <laughs> and he, he he told me because he's you know you know what I like about uh, Generation Y and like specifically the people I hang around because I choose to hang around you know with young people that are um, unapologetic and yeah. you know just speak the truth like let's talk about something real you know let's mm-hmm. let's actually address things so we were chatting about transformation and race relations and, and specifically in the context of females and mm-hmm. and how you know once you become conscious of certain things you can notice them yourself even as a man you said you see this and you're like what like did you, yeah. they just undermine you like that yeah, straight and one of the things that was interesting that he said to me was like he he constantly f- sees let's say for instance, he used himself just as an example. He said, let's say I come to you, Vaughn, and I complain about how I feel, you know, un- uh, undermined or oppressed in a sense, professionally oppressed by my white boss or mm-hmm. my, you know, the, the CEO who's who's a fundamerva or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he says, but then I can turn around immediately as a, as a black man and belittle or, or undermine yeah. a black woman. Mm. He's like, mm. it's such a, it's such a crazy dynamic sometimes how we end up, yeah. uh, and, 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 and how, and how to solve that. So I don't know if, have you ever experienced like that hypocrisy in the, in the workplace? I think I experience it everywhere, mm. even really outside of the workplace. Um, I recently, I think, I don't know if you guys watched that, um, People versus Rainbow Nation and someone made the comment that, there needs to come a point where black men stop treating black women the same way white people yeah. treated black people. Hey, at that's that profound. Time. And Yo. and it's really true, guys. That's it's hell, it's the hell. most frustrating thing as a woman yeah. to be objectified and belittled and just treated like mm. trash. Yeah. Cause you're a black woman by a black man. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's inexcusable for everyone, but specifically we fought for equality as black people. And now we also fought for equality as women, but it seems as a black woman that that fight has Still, so I've got a, I've got a, I've got an interesting, I've got an interesting thing to throw. You, you can both answer it, please. Mm-hmm. I'd love to hear your opinion because you guys are smart, you know, um, sort of corporate, corporate woman. Which I, lo- I work in a creative industry, so I work with creatives. Like mm-hmm. we, we the other side, you know what yeah. I mean. So, so I, like f- from you guys, like when I watch, um, when I was watching like all the political stuff going on in South Africa, right, mm-hmm. and then I saw the the ANC Women's League marched for Jacob Zuma. Mm. I thought that was such a it was such a you know what I felt like it did I, I tried to put myself in the shoes of a woman and, and, and try and see it like I, I'll never understand because yeah. I'll, I'll never never I'll yeah. never be a woman mm. but I just tried to imagine well you never know maybe next week I'm Victoria <laughs> no so so and then I and then um, I don't know man it just made me feel so uncomfortable like mm. I felt like you, on a public platform, in a political yeah. context, mm. undermined what the point of a women's league is and a, yeah. of women leadership is. No, I, I, absolutely. Is that how? Is that so, how? So, um, if you follow the feminist movement, right, what yeah. you'll notice is it was very like white female driven. Yes. And um, when we move to the African context, what you find is that a lot of African women have been living in patri- heavily patriarchal societies absolutely. where you see the man as the authoritative figure. They are the voice of the home. They are the voice of the society. Yes. So it's it's still very like taboo to go against 
what men say and what men believe. And obviously, we know with all the politics in the ANC, if you defy someone, you're out. Okay. So you need to follow someone's orders, and that's how it. Yeah, Yeah. it is. It is a very deep thing. So, 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 so like, what we're looking for then are like purist revolutionists who can who can stand for you know the the ideal the ideological. Point that we're trying to achieve. So, you know, regardless if you get kicked out of a political party, we should still stand for what we believe in, right? Mm-hmm. So, it, it's just interesting to me, man, because I feel like us as young South Africans, young business and and sort of professional South Africans in all these industries, you know, it's it's like because I'm I'm conscious of 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 the things that I wish to change in in South Africa. Mm-hmm. You know, I try to take my fight to my 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 kind. Like I. Uh, my own you know i go I, I can never speak i can never how do i say this i can't stand in the crowd with young black people because i am not a young black person yeah. right mm-hmm. so i can never put myself in it's, it's unfair to assume that i can just understand because i don't have the experience yeah. you know yeah. I, I i can never but i can fight the same fight but in a different angle yeah, yeah. and i can angle it at my own so yeah. Yeah. when i confront my own it, it's it's uh, and i do it quite often if i find something yeah. in just i don't go and, and, and join the crowd shouting I'll go behind the corner And say come here man Listen let me tell you something yeah. you, you can't think like that You know, you know what I'm saying yeah. Yeah. Uh, Because I, I have the common goal mm. So You know how And this is the major thing Because I feel like You guys are influential And you will be influential In your sectors But how do we Shift a mindset And a culture That Really Truly Wants to achieve uh, an, an equal and, and just society Right Because as lo- as much as we we can set laws and we can do all so many things, what tends to happen is the the mentality of people is the major barrier because you as a female now you're there you, so you're in the boardroom now mm. where before you would never be able to be there but now you're there now the major thing is to get that guy or that woman to take you seriously. Yeah. There's no law that can do that. No. It needs mm. to be it needs to be a social shift or like yeah. a cultural shift, mm. and you know perhaps. Perhaps it is a time thing. I do yeah. think we are a young democracy. But, we you know, I've tried to stay conscious of this. Mm-hmm. And I just, the more people I talk to, I try to just, let's all remain conscious of this thing mm-hmm. so that when it's our turn, we really yeah. change things up. Mm-hmm. You know? But to be honest, I actually think it is our turn. And um, okay. how are we going to get that mental shift? It's about personal responsibility and just saying, I'm going to do my piece. This is what really pisses me off. Mm. And I'm going to tackle this unapologetically. It's yeah. about mm. being unapologetic and not waiting for someone to say, Precisely. okay, guys, it's your turn. Jump on the bandwagon. Okay. There is no time like for that. that. Mm. I like that. Yeah. There's yeah. no time for that. Yeah. And you need to surround yourself with people like that. Yeah. You need to... Have we're advocating the Black Girls Club, mm. the Black Boys Club? <laughs> Let's have clubs to to empower s- ourselves. Yeah, and that's very dope. Yeah. I like that. I like that. I was gonna say, like more than anything, though, like um, the point that you were making that you can't force someone to take you seriously. You know, like you mm-hmm. can't. As soon as I mean, we can have laws that make sure that Black people get into positions of power and stuff mm. like that, but like. You can't force the, someone sitting opposite to you to take you seriously. Mm. And that happens, in my opinion, through dialogue. You know, like you need to have these conversations like we're having right now. Yeah. Expose people, like you're saying, be unapologetic yeah. about yeah. the truth, the truth, you know, because I think I read something interesting the other day about like Apartheid and the Rainbow Nation and how yeah. like immediately after Apartheid, we did not go through po- proper reconciliation because mm. we were so quickly to be like our yeah. oh, Rainbow Nation yeah. 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 and to not actually like tackle the issues <laughs> that, that existed at the time and that mm. spilled over mm. in our generations. And Absolutely. now you find we're having all these racial tensions that, are ha- that, 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 yep. yeah. that exist because we did not deal with them head on at the time. Yeah. And I think it's about time that we have more of these conversations Absolutely. and Definitely, deal bro. with these things unapologetically. Guys, guys, I'm sorry to interject, but speaking yeah. about that, right, like I said in the beginning of the show, um, Wizards in Peewee and the Unplugged in Charge guys are out in Pretoria and they're speaking to 10,000 kids today in one day. Yeah. And the guy that I have on the line now, um, he's there on the on the ground. Is Wizza? Wizza? Yo, yo, what's up? I'm chilling, dog. How are you? Ah, uh, no, we good, man. We out here in Amanskral and Tsarobe. I'm here with Tsikiwe <laughs> and the rest of the team from Unplugged and In Charge. Yeah, man, it's lit. <laughs> and how many how many how many kids have you guys spoken to so far? I know that you're hitting ten thousand by by the end of the day. How many kids have you guys spoken to so yeah, far? Yeah, yeah, we we passed halfway already. We are, um, we yeah. It, we're gonna count up later with the with the officials, you know, just to make sure that we go and go officially, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But uh, but it's amazing, man. We 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 are inspiring these kids. And uh, right now we're about to speak to another group right here in Soshanguve High. Yeah. Uh, we got this. We got this truck that transforms into a stage and sound uh, that was sponsored by um, by um, the the Edge Marketing. So uh, it's pretty cool because we call it Optimus Prime. It literally transforms by itself, and it's so cool, guys. And it's, you can hear Optimus Prime in the background right now. The kids are getting excited, and we're about to go on stage soon. So listen, guys, I just want to commend you, but I, I do have to just cut you off the line here. I'm sorry, because we're having some really intense conversations. But like we said, um, Weza, so for the guys that weren't there um, for the 10,000 kids, where can, they, where can they, they meet you guys for the Young Leaders Seminar? So, I mean, Young Leaders Seminar is happening on the 22nd of July. Um, it's at the University of Pretoria. Yeah, we're at the University of Pretoria, 22nd of July. It's a hundred and a ticket, and there are only 500 seats. So, you best get your ticket sooner rather than later, because we're going to sell out. We're going all out this year. To the next level. We've got influencers, celebs, people that are that are trending. We've been trending, actually. I don't know if you realize, the last time we were trending on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to trend each and every day up until the 22nd of July. Because we're going all out. 100% guys. Just say what's up to Vaughn there real quick. What's up Famo? Yo, yo. Away, away. Easy, Whoa, easy you bro. you missing, dog. We miss you, man. Dog, I've been missing, bro. I feel like I've just found my mind. So my, I'll be present. <laughs> you found your mind. <laughs> yeah, I've lost my mind, but I found it. I found it again. All right, great. Right. Where's us? <laughs> Where's us uh, Go out there. Keep doing uh, a, a beautiful job there. Um, I think those guys really appreciate you. Yeah. Make sure that we get a lot of engineers, a lot of CAs, a lot of legal um, attorneys and that type of thing out of those kids. Because at the end of the day, like we said, um, corporate Africa won't do it. The legal fraternity won't do it. We might as well do it ourselves. So good luck, guys. Cheers. That was Simpiwe and Where's the Art in Amman's Craft for Unplugged and In Charge, promoting the Young Leadership Seminar and doing best for the youth. Yo, man, just talking about the youth and just like the conversation we've been having right now, I just like jumped onto Twitter and I just saw some really, I don't know, I don't know how else to say this, but it's like some really fucked up shit, bro. <laughs> I, there was another shooting in Louisiana. Call a spade a spade. Oh, they yes. shot yeah. uh, Alton Sterling. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I just see this now, you know, and I, you know, when I see these kind of things, bro, I just, I don't know what happens to me, but I, I, I get a mixture of, of, of like very angry mm. and extremely sad. It's a, it's yeah. the worst feeling in the world, you know, cause, cause I just, I just feel like, you know, you know, sometimes you, you get these, and this is when you, when you said spilled over into our generation, you phrase it perfectly yeah. because I feel so let down, bro. Yeah. I feel let down as a as a young white man born in generation in, in 1990. You know, I feel let down, bro. I feel let down by my fathers and their mm. grandfathers and all the mm. fucking idiots that went and did what they did and then didn't care to address the, 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 the issues. Because now I'm left and my kids and whoever else and us, we left to fight a fight which we never started, you know. Yeah. And, and I feel like, I feel like, it's fine. We'll take the responsibility and we'll do it and we'll do it properly and we'll show them how it should be done. But, but I just feel let down and I get annoyed when I see these type of things that people can still go around doing this to people just based on religion and mm. race and culture. Yeah. And, and I, just, I just start getting, I start getting really, really passionate and really, really irritated and I feel a bit sick to my stomach. But at the same time, I feel like this is the examples of where we shouldn't be. Yeah. And where we, we, we need to go to a new space, you know? Rightfully so. And I think that's important though as well that, um, when you say you feel upset and let down, because that that goes to show that you recognize the situation, you know, mm. and and that, and I think like that's a that's a that's a starting position to actually effecting change. Because a lot of people, for instance, I've spoken to a lot of white people where they do not realize that they've benefited from the, the mm. injustice. It's, it's ignorance. It's yeah. ignorance. You know, like, it is ignorance. Like I'm like, how do you not see <laughs> that you benefit? Like you, you're beneficiary of appetite. You know, like it does not make sense. And I, and those people do exist. You know, and so I'm, that's what I'm saying. So like, it's important that the, the first step towards transformation and specifically um, racial transformation in South Africa is people to realize that they. Specifically, white people they've benefited from the injustices of the past. Absolutely, you know, man. and Absolutely. from there on, we can move. Then we can move forward. Yeah. So, yeah. guys, just to interject. Sorry, um, I got a bit of a message here from one of the listeners. So they're saying, "I'm all for gender equality and all, right?" But this has got me thinking. Our black women, and I've had this same type mm-hmm. of thinking as well. To our black women, um, having to be strong and almost constantly because of the social pressure, do not that think that this will rob our women of their femininity. 
um, your opinions would be great. So what he's saying is that, so I'm Lesoko and I can go to corporate and I can tell her to go fuck themselves, literally mm. in the office. I mm-hmm. can tell them that. Yeah. But it's not mm. exactly, um, you know, it comes, it's almost like a male bravado that almost comes naturally to men. But mm. to say that as a woman, how do I do that? But mm. almost keep my femininity so that I'm not this, Raging bull in the office, yeah. just wanting to go stick someone yeah. everywhere that I go. And so I, sorry, Dudu, but I honestly have a very big problem with that <laughs> go because for it. Um, I really loathe the fact that women have to be seen as feminine and that they can't be badass. 100%. I'm a badass, and if I've got a bad attitude, I've got a bad attitude. It's got nothing to do with me trying to be a man. Yeah. Yeah. So I seriously have a problem with this person is saying. Wow. Okay. Uh, so Zulu, to <laughs> can I just go for something? it, Dudu? So I will not stop you guys. <laughs> You'll see that with a lot of strong women, they've still found a way to maintain their femininity. And I understand mm. what Seho is saying. But you know, Seho, you're looking at her. She's feminine, but she's strong. You, you don't, those things aren't mutually exclusive. Yeah, absolutely. You can't be, uh, just because you're a powerful woman now, you yeah. must act like, mm, absolutely. like there's, a man. There's something called intersectionality that speaks of these type of things, right? Am I, am I correct? Am I speaking out of place? I think there's a part of feminism <laughs> that speaks. It speaks yeah. of this, like, where, you know, you don't need to be classified. I mean, someone was saying to me, can a stripper be a feminist? And of course she can. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, yeah. these type of things. So, mm. so it's, a, it's, you know what it really is, mate? It's about, go and read a bit, man. Go, if you're really interested in, in understanding, you know, a shift in culture and, and, and you know, a, a place where we need to be and you want to understand, you know, these type of things, just, just take a, just Google, man. You can mm. read a lot of good Absolutely. insights on, on the net, you know? So it's, it's a really important thing, man. And I think, uh, yeah, and I think just to wrap up, I just want to, uh, first of all, thank you guys for coming through, man. We really appreciate guests thank like you guys. You. you guys, you guys made me feel, I feel a bit li- uplifted. You know, I feel good because, um, you know, just watching young people doing their thing and, you know, young woman doing their thing and a young man, you know, pushing, it's, it's always inspirational. And, uh, you know, there's no, there's no better place to do it mm. than, than on Cliff Central. We, we love these conversations. Yeah. And I think, you know, let's take the responses, responsibility on our shoulders. All of us out there listening, I see you in the room. Let's take the responsibility on our shoulders to try and build a better place, uh, you know, brick by brick. Um, we'll, we'll face, we'll face challenges, but if we've got the same common goals and we can, we can attack this, uh, yeah. this problem from different angles, I feel like we'll achieve it a lot quicker than, um, our, well, at least my forefathers did. 100%. Um, again, guys, um, I want to say thank you to all of you and to everybody listening. Please don't forget young leader seminars having the 22nd of July. Last year, we had 400 young people at the University of Pretoria. This year, we're going for 500. Tickets are at CompuTicket. Um, like I said, we'll have Gareth there. We'll have Ayanda MVP there. Hubie's going to be there. And obviously, there's another two very big celebrities they want to have with, uh, where they want to have there this time around. And um, with that being said, uh, we're pretty much... We're the, yeah, Simpio says it a lot. Like, we're the people that we've been waiting for. And hence, um, we really have no role models. We have no one to really look up to, but we've got to do it ourselves. And with that spirit and that being said, um, from me, Lisa Khomapang and the whole Unplanning Charge crew, thank you very much and see you again next week. Cliff Central. The revolution. I've got something important to tell you. Cliffcentral.com.